0: for the new people visiting. Man, this, this, is, a, this is the scariest church. This is, this is the scariest church I've ever been a part of in my life. I come, I come here every Friday scared because I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. After the time, I don't even know what's going on. But what I do know, man, is when I leave here, ooh, I leave a new person. I love this church. And uh, I love love the opportunity to be able to share the Word of God with you. It takes me, church takes me out of that which is comfortable for me. That which um, I just run for every time that I feel, man, I I don't understand or I I need a revelation of this. And, you know, so many things that goes on in a person's mind when you're sitting there. And it's a good thing. It is good that you... That we come to a place where we are challenged, where our thinking is renewed. Because we, we, we are in, in trends so much throughout the week. We are in trends every day. We are in, you know, things that we commonly do. The things that, that Sam was talking about earlier. Just the things that you, you know, this, this rat race thing. And, and oftentimes, those things become less challenging. It just becomes a chore. It just becomes thing, a thing that you just keep doing because that's what everyone does. That's how we live, eh? So you need to make your money. You need to da, da 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 And you tick all those boxes. And then, for me at least, I come here on a Friday, and I'm like, "Whoa, man, I know that today the pastor's going to preach something that's just going to revolutionize my life. Or I'm going to hear a testimony that's just going to mess me up. This is this is how this church works. So if you are new here or if you are visiting, we are in for we are in for such a good time. And I'm old school, I've got I've got pages. Levi was saying, Daddy, um, why why do you have so many pages? Is your preach that long? <laughs> Whew, okay, but today. Um let me just find my notes here. Yeah, too many pages. So we're going to look at um we're going to look at this thing around contrast. Now, when I say contrast, I don't mean conflict or contradiction. The 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 songs that I sang here now, I sang some of them on this side, and I sang some of them on that side. And if I had to ask you to contrast those. Two types of songs with each other. I wonder what you would say. Anyone brave enough to take a chance? There's a certain type of song that I sang over here. And then there was a certain type of song that I sang over here. And there's a difference. There's a difference between them. Uh, Anyone want to take a chance? Take a chance. Yeah. Yeah. If I can remind you. Yeah. It was. He's got the whole world in his hands. And it was also. Um, never never going to give you up, and don't worry, be be happy. Over here, oh, I missed one song. I missed one song over here, it was Amazing Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, anyway, so it was Amazing Grace, supposed to be. Um, and then I'm on the top of the world, and then like a bridge over troubled water. Okay, let me put you out of your misery. The difference between... <laughs> the difference <laughs> the difference between these songs is that in in the music industry and, and I I work in the music industry um, the songs over here is what is known as one hit wonders yeah and the and the artists that perform uh, over here they are known or they go down in history as people that had a single hit and then nothing nothing really much happened and, and when I was just looking through it and I realized, wow, there's even uh, gospel songs of, of the sort. I mean, he's got the whole world in his hands. I'm like I grew up with that. I didn't know that the person that wrote that song, that was the, the only hit that that person ever wrote. Nothing much came after that. But the songs that we, that we had over here is called the songs that, that stood the test of time. And so those songs go down in history as the songs that they made it, you know. And the, and the music industry, is, it's a very brutal place, you know. It's a very, very brutal place. And if you are able to say that, that you have written a song, you have penned a song that continues to stand the test of time, you're really doing very, very, very well. Yeah? In the eyes of, the, of, the, of that particular industry. Now, this whole thing about One Hit Wonders is not... It's not limited to only the music industry. They, they are of such in, in sport, people that, that had a record of some sort, and then they have this record, and it's world news, and, you know, I don't know, it ran how fast, and it did all of it, and then you never hear about them ever again. You know, and so you 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 probably know of 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 those examples. You probably know artists from your own country that they came out one day and you thought they're gonna be around forever, and then they just faded into you know oblivion or whatever they call it. You just you just never hear about them again. But I'm not here to talk about music today. I was tempted to talk about music. (laughs) why because it 's my comfort zone no. yeah i 'm comfortable i 'm comfortable talking about music, but I, I really felt the lord say to me i, I don 't want you i don 't want you to talk about that today. I want you to strictly talk about me and um, I want you to to tell the people about about me i don 't want to, you to tell them about music i am I, going to talk about worship but not in the sense of music because even then <laughs> Uh, Ricardo was thinking for a long time, and I'll talk about that a little later. I'm going to share some of my story with you, if that's okay. Um, that I thought that that my musicality is my worship. But let me not jump the gun. So let me see uh, where, where, where we are at the moment. So yeah, so over here, here's the one it wonders. Over here is the, you know, the songs that stood the test of time. Now we are in... In a series that's called the whole thing around encounters and encountering God. And I'm going to dare to say that the songs over here on this camp only made it up until the encounter. So, so they had an encounter in the music industry that was short-lived. They kind of just made it now. There are people that say, but, but you know what? Sometimes you only need one hit. And that hit can carry you throughout your, your whole life. For other people, that one hit was great, but then after that, they started struggling to make a living within the industry. So I'm going to dare to say that the, the, the songs over, over in this camp, um, the one hit the one wonders um, lived for an encounter. So if, if all of this space over here was their space, this is the area of living for an encounter. And let's say that around roundabout here is the encounter. And over here is where we live when we live beyond the encounter. And so we're finding ourselves in a place where, yes, the encounter is beautiful and lovely. But there was more. And so you want to be over here where the encounter has matured. Where the encounter has come to its fullness. And where, where longevity has been added to what happened over here. And, 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 and that's where I'm going with this today. <clears throat> so, so my title is a, it's a bit lengthy. It has, it has two parts. It has, it has two parts, yeah. We're going to be here for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's two parts. The, the first part is a question. Um, and, the, and the second part, a question that I hope we can answer at the end of, of today. And the second part is a statement that I took from Pastor's first sermon in this series. By the way, don't you just love the value for the word in this church, man? Come on. Man. So the title is a bit lengthy and it goes like this. I'm going to read it, okay? What does a lifestyle, or better yet, a lifetime of worship look like? So that's the question. What? What does a lifestyle or a lifetime of worship look like when we are living from the encounter, so that part from the encounter that 's the statement, but contrasted to living for an encounter and and the two the two are different so we 're going to look at this at the hand of of john four today we 're going to look at the way in which Jesus also plays with this thing of of contrasting things and I know that uh, oftentimes in the body of Christ, um, the, 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 the Bible is um, ridiculed, not just in the body of Christ, but oftentimes the Bible is ridiculed because people perceive contrast as contradiction and they say that the, the one thing cancels out the other. And, and so we know that that is not true, that, that everything in the Word of God is in perfect alignment, yeah, yeah? and that there, there are no contradictions. Um, If at best there's there's, there's this thing of contrast, and Jesus does that beautifully with this lady um, um, at at the well of Samaria. So let's read. I'm reading from um, the English Standard Version. Hmm. Right? So it says, Jesus and the woman of Samaria. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John... Although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, I hope I'm saying that right, near the field um, that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there, uh, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, he was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her. Because it matters where you're seated. Um, Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him. This is important. It looks like it looks funny now, but it's important, trust me. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, And he would have given you living water. The woman said to him. (laughs) Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself. As did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water now a great number of things is is happening here um and as I was preparing to to speak today, I was really tempted to to do the probably the the common thing that many people do life church is different though. Um, I wanted to just go and serve the internet, make my life really easy, find a, you get these off-the-shelf sermons, I don't even know what, anyway, so, so, you know, I could have gone there, and I, I tell you, I tell you, I must confess, I tell you, so I tried that, it's as if, I tried, so now, now I'm at my, now I'm at my computer, and, um, I'm typing in, you know, just in YouTube, this thing about the woman of Samaria, and of course, a long list of things come up. I, I opened one clip, and it's a, it's a modern version of the woman uh, of Samaria, and it's a spoken word thing, and it's, it's, it looks really cool. I tell you, one minute, in, my eyes are burning. It's like, you know the Lord don't want you, in this instance, to be doing this thing off the internet. I knew, I knew, I, I knew. Forgive me, Lord. So I knew he didn't want, but I was just like, I just need to find something. I need, to, to, I have, I need a sermon for the people. Please, can I just? And I felt the Lord say, no, I want you, I want you to use my word. Yeah. I, switched, I, I, ju- I, so I switched. My hand just went and switched that thing off, um, and I went to the word of God, and um, it's rich enough. And I'm not saying it's it's never okay to find examples, you know, of what other people said and what commentaries said and what this one and that one said. God says enough, man. Come on. Yeah. And um, and he he taught me that lesson this 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 week. I, I wanted the easy I want over I wanted over here. I must be honest. I wanted the easy kind of just quick fix type of thing. You know, can I just quickly get some? and God said, No, I want you over here. You need to spend time in my word, bro. You you know you need to you need to spend some time in my word and go get from the word what I'm wanting to say to the people. So Jesus comes into the situation um and he knows he's going to upset a lot of people. He often does that. He in, he just upsets people. Because people people are comfortable over here. They they want tradition, they want the norm, they want the, the common thing that everyone else is doing. They don't want to think outside of their frame. They don't want to be challenged. None of that. They want the comfortable thing. We've been doing this for so long. Why does this need to change now? Uh, no, I don't want it to change. I'm very comfortable in my place. This is the tradition. This is the culture. This is how we've been doing it for thousands of years. And uh, over here, year, everything changes. Everything changes once Jesus steps into the situation. You don't even recognize what's going on on the other side. And so Jesus steps into that situation and and he's authentically thirsty. He's is really, really thirsty. But we know from the word that it was not it was frowned upon, you know, if if if, if for Jesus to talk even to, uh, you know, this Samaritan lady was absolutely frowned upon wasn't a great thing, you know, for for Jesus to do. Did Jesus care? No. He was going to, there was something, there was something great in the kingdom that needed to happen in that moment. And so it didn't matter up to that point what the culture was. It didn't matter what the norms were. It didn't matter what people were used to. Once Jesus steps into the situation, those things, they fall flat on their face. It falls flat. It gets canceled. Some of those things run away. (laughs) Never to be seen again because Jesus had stepped into the situation. So he comes in and uh, he knows full well that he don't have a bucket. He don't. uh, How was he going to get water? And so the lady, she's quite prepared. Because this is what she does. She, She frequents the well. She frequents the place that she regards as her place of sustenance so this is something that she does every day and again the the well is not a bad place yeah so the well is at least in the immediate the well is the place of nourishment the you know at least uh, it, it gives water and so this lady is ready she comes with her with her bucket and she does a thing like she does every day. And I believe, that, well, it's not the bucket that they had then. But anyway, it will have to do for now. And so and so she got the bucket. And, and, and she, she she knows how to do her thing and lowers the bucket into the well. And then, you know, her sustenance in, in her head. That is what comes up. And there she goes. The only problem with that is you need to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah, See, right. so you can't stop doing that because now this is what you perceive as your only sustenance. This is the encounter here in the middle. So you spend your week, you spend your months, you spend your year over, and then, uh, get your sustenance, and there you go again. And you keep repeating, but Jesus is saying, you know what, if you had to bring that bucket over here, If you had to bring that bucket over here, so over here, it's like, fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up. Uh, will he fill it? Yes, he, he will. Yeah. He will. But you see, the only way he knows how to fill it is until it overflows. Yeah. And, so, and so there's not just the filling of the cup, there's the overflow. Yeah. I'm jumping way ahead of myself here, but I'm so excited. So, so Jesus now trashes this whole traditional thing, and he's engaging this lady is talking to her. And he says to her, give me a drink because he's thirsty. And we know we've, we've read what it, what, what it says there. And uh, I want to skip now through to, 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 to verse uh, 23 through 42. We're just going to read there. And it says here, but the hour is coming. And is now here. When the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seek, is seeking such people to worship Him. God is Spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, He who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. Just then the disciples come back, they marveled um, that he was even talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I've ever did, can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. So this lady's encounter was not just for her. And so after she encountered Jesus, she she couldn't keep her mouth. And I can understand that once Jesus comes and 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 the revelation hits you, the things that he reveals to you hit you like a ton of bricks. How can you? I mean, there was one guy, Jesus healed him. Jesus specifically told him to not tell anyone. What did he do? He went and told everyone. He said, don't tell anybody. He could, he could not help himself. So <laughs> this lady, she goes into town. She tells the people, man, I met someone. And, and they started coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. And we see this many times in scripture. The disciples are all about the yum-yum. They These guys... <laughs> They're about the food. I mean, in one place in Matthew, Jesus getting ready to feed the people. They were going, they like, hey, it's late. Send these people, let them find their own food. We, we don't have enough. We don't. They're just always oh, about the food. I don't know. There's, there's a whole, my whole sermon, there's so many food examples, you know, uh, in all of this. So, so they they back with the food and they urging Jesus to eat. Was Jesus thirsty? Yes, he was. Was he really hungry in in his humanness? Yes, he was hungry. And they knew that because they they travel with him, right? And so they are also hungry. They've got the chow. They're ready now to to sit down probably and eat. And Jesus challenges uh, their entire thinking. And he says to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. It's a different kind of meal that we're talking about. Different kind of Sustenance that we're talking about. And so we're thinking bread and water in one sense. And Jesus is thinking bread and water in a totally different sense. So the disciples said uh, to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do You not say there are yet four months, then uh, comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. Can someone say eternal eternal life? So that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds through one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Because she said he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with him, and he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because um, of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Small interaction. um, I, it was the sixth hour, but I don't I, I don't see from the word how long the whole encounter took. I know we stayed, obviously, off afterwards for two days, but that immediate encounter with the lady and um, what was going to be just an interaction of sorts with someone at a well uh, for this lady turned out to be the people of the town coming to the knowledge of the love of Jesus. And of the love of the Father, you know, for for that place. So it did something magnificent. It did something way beyond a simple coming with a bucket to a well to pick up some some water. So I want to go back to verse 23. Like I said to you, the Lord said to me, I want you to speak my word. Don't speak other things. So we're going to spend a lot of time just in the word today. Is that okay with everyone? Okay. So the first part of verse 23 says... But a time is coming and is now here. I just want to park here for a little bit, if that's okay with everyone. I didn't, I promise you, I didn't know that, you know, one can preach a full sermon just on these two phrases. But a time is coming and is now here. So Jesus is talking present tense. Uh, look, I'm a music teacher. I'm taking a big chance here with language things. Um, uh, Jesus talking present tense and present continuous tense. Yeah. So <laughs> let me leave that there for now. So last week, Muso said in his preach, he said this, he said, uh, if, uh, if you, if when, when they asked Jesus, when we, if we would ask Jesus, are you a, a lion or are you a lamb? The answer would be yes. <laughs> You, you might ask again, are you a lion or are you a lamb? The answer would again be yes, <laughs> because it's both. And so in, in the same way here, you would ask Jesus, are you talking present tense or future continuous tense or present tense? Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. yes. He also mentioned something about dimensions because Jesus is multi-dimensional. We are multi-dimensional. We live in a one-dimensional or two-dimensional world, whatever. But we are, mu- we are multifaceted. We are just all over the place. You don't have any idea how how how, how magnificent God had made us. Yeah? We have not seen the beginning of what we are able to do in Jesus. We have not seen that. So, yeah, Jesus talking, you know, this... Th- th- this block of time, well, at the same time, yeah. and so we can talk about a number of things that fits into this this time frame. Remember we said this is, this is over here is, is jesus 's time frame this this area this is where where we are beyond just the encounter yeah so here 's the encounter, years living for the encounter, and so in this space. There are many things that surface in, in, in that time. If we can't, I, sh- I shouldn't even try to, to show it because it, it has no end. Hey? No. So it's just, I have the microphone and, I, you know, it's struggle, you know. You know what I mean. Okay. So I've, I've looked at five things. I mean, there's so much more, but I've looked at, at five things I would like to talk about today, you know, um, within that, that time. And, and the first thing I'd like to talk about is the, this thing that we call a moment. I'm also going to talk about a thing that is called abide. I'm going to talk about something that we call, that in the English language we say always. I'm going to talk about things that continue. And I'm going to talk about things that endure. So let's talk about the first one. And, and, and this is the thing called a moment. We all have them, hey. We all have them and, and some of them are lovely. Um, and some we absolutely just won't forget that ever happened. You, you, you don't want that moment to, to repeat. So now here's the thing. I, I'm learning how to have real encounters with the Word of God. So I often try to place myself in the situations that I read about in the Word. I, I like to have fun in the Word. I don't know about you. So if I was sitting down with Jesus and we talked about his moment in Luke 4 verse 5, And it says this, and the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Let me read that again. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. So here Jesus is within a moment with with the devil. I think my conversation with Jesus might have sounded something like this. Jesus, uh, what, what happened uh, there on the mountain? And maybe Jesus would have said something like this. He said, man, I was really hungry after, after 40 days. I was hungry. And the enemy knew this. But that thing came to me, and he wanted me to turn rocks into bread. You look surprised that Jesus would call the devil a thing. Do you think you would have a nice name for the enemy? <laughs> so he said, um, and the, the devil came to me, and he, 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 he wanted me to turn the, the rocks into bread. And I, and I said to him, don't you know, it is written that m- man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then uh, he took me to another, uh, to the city, oh, to another high place, and he said, can you jump off this clip, cliff and?" Surely you will be saved, you will be, be rescued. And I said to him, don't you know that we are not to test God? And then there was this the, the other thing where, and this was really the pinnacle of what the enemy wanted. He, wanted. he wanted worship, he wanted Jesus to bow down to him. And Jesus said to him, uh, don't you know that we shall serve no other God except God himself? back to the first one um, where Jesus said to him, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Life Church, I hope you understand now why I'm making such a big deal about words today. And not just any word, but words that come from the mouth of God. Every word that I find in the word of God comes from the mouth of God. And this is why I've decided to dig deep wells. Into the Word of God today, so you know we are going to be here for a little while longer. But Life Church is a is a is over here. Life Church is a (laughs) Life Church is a sit down and dine experience. It is not a drive through. It's not a drive through So let's say we ask Adam. Let's say we ask Adam about, about his moment. We're talking about moments, right? So we, 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 we're asking Adam about his moment. And it could be, you could say anything. He could He could highlight one of his greatest moments, or he could highlight one of his worst moments. Um, I'm just going to pick two. I'm going to pick the moment where Adam saw Eve for the first time. And so Adam would have said, man, the first time I saw what God had made especially for me. He, he had crafted her for me. And it was the most magnificent thing that I have ever experienced. Now, he didn't even have anyone else to tell this to. So he's like, so lion, what do you think of Eve? <laughs> He's like, so fish, so fish, what do you think? <laughs> but he might, he might also highlight another moment that was not that grand, hey, when, when, uh, when he knew that God was coming to visit him, come to look for him. And he would probably say to me, you know, Ricardo, that was, that was not one of my brightest moments, hey, where I know that I have failed the father, that I was uh, choosing disobedience, and eventually we know the story. You know, yeah. they 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 were they they, they had to live, they had to leave the most beautiful thing that God had created. Him and his wife both, you know, they had to go. So he he might have highlighted, he might have highlighted that. If, if we asked Moses the same thing, if we had Moses, Moses, tell us about your tell us about your moment, tell us about, you know, and I'm just gonna choose something in them. He might say, man, um, one of my least, best moments was when I knew I had to talk to the rock. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I had to talk to the rock, but I decided I'm going to hit that thing. <clears throat> man, that, Ricardo, you know what, that, that was cool. That was not cool. <laughs> that was not cool. But I'm telling you, that other moment. When I was standing in front of that Red Sea, man. And I saw how God opened that place up. And I saw how my people went through safely. And I saw how he destroyed the enemy. What a moment, man. What a moment. So that encounter, that was one of the most magnificent. Moses, I think he would say that, eh? You would say that that was was an amazing encounter that I had right there with the Lord. It was beyond just the encounter. It was was living beyond that. I I think that moment alone would have been a great encounter, but so much more happened after that. You know, people people came into liberty because of, of that encounter that happened there. If you had to ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, my brothers. <laughs> so, how was it? Uh, how was it the in that fire thing? What happened? It's funny now, it wasn't funny then. <laughs> if you had to ask them about their moment, they would say that we were so scared. We, we sometimes read these stories, and, and sometimes the, the people in the stories don't appear human to us. No, they were human. And they were, they were facing some great adversity. They were facing great calamity. They were facing death. Yeah. And so they were tremendously scared. They were fearful. But within their fear, they said, even if we, we're trusting Jesus to show up in this moment now. But even if he did not, we will not bow down to this situation that's happening here. There's just no way. So we, they were rather prepared to die. Then, then bow down to the Nebuchadnezzar and, and all of, of those things at the, uh, you know, of the day. And they would say to me, that moment was scary. But I'm telling you, that encounter, once Jesus stepped into that situation, the whole thing just took a totally different spin. And we attempted to talk about just that situation, just that situation, just that encounter. But we know that after that, Nebuchadnezzar had to say, man, surely this is... This is the Son of God, and that would have been Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's story. Then you ask Ricardo about a moment <laughs> where he really felt God, and I'm going to tell you a little bit of my, my testimony. Now. I'm going to tell you a little story. I had a very, I had a, I had a great moment the day that I saw Lazal for the first time. I'm gonna tell our business now, baby. We're yeah. gonna tell our business. <clears throat> so, Lazal and I met in a band. So this band, um, South African band, but, but we, 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 we train uh, in South Africa for three months and then the rest of the year we are based in the U.S. and from the U.S. we travel to other some other countries or uh, mostly in the US we would tour um but i remember distinctly the day that um that i met her, the, it was an audition it was at someone's house the the leader the visionary of this whole band it was this thing was happening at his house and um and i i, I stepped into the front door and i saw Lazal, and it was pretty much that adam experience like She fine. But more than that, something in my spirit just said, she's with you. Something in my spirit settled in that moment. Um, and so within we within we well, three months down the line, and this is when I say that the moment really matured. The encounter became something more. It was not just about that day. If I had stopped the story and now, you would be like, Oh, okay. Um, okay, and then what happened? You know. So there has to there has to be more, and I, I really feel so thankful for the Lord that we now live in what matured from that moment, what God had created in that moment. We are now living living in that. So we then, three months after I met her, um, I said, "Look, we we're getting married." She said, "We're not even dating yet." I said, "That's fine. We're getting married." Um, <laughs> You didn't ask me out. I said, we're getting married. Uh, and then we went, we went on team uh, for a year, and the following year we got married. Um, and that is, that is part of our story. That, that, was a, that was a great moment in my life, yeah, um, for which I am very, very, very thankful. But now I, I'm introducing something into this moment thing that is not human. I want to talk about if we had to ask a grape about its moment, what would it say? A grape. Now, I'm I'm from Stellenbosch. I'm from Stellenbosch in the Western Cape of South Africa, um, and it has... It, it, the the indus- the wine industry is. You mu- Stellenbosch is basically a big old wine farm. The 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 whole town, and a lot of <clears throat> a lot of the income of the place is around this 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 wine industries, and I grew up at the at the foot of one of of a, of a winery. It's a beautiful mountain, and um and I I grew up just at the, at the bottom of that mountain. Pardon, I had um. I, I, I knew people that worked, but we, I, I was never on a wine farm then, um, but I was around this whole thing about wineries and so forth. Uh, but much of what I know about, about wine and the maturing of wine, I never learned while I was in Salem Bosch. I learned when I was elsewhere in the world. Let me get back to the grape. If you ask the grape, um, tell me about your moments, it would say, man, that moment when they crushed me. That moment when, when I was in the press, that moment where I was totally scattered, me and a lot of others. So we were in this big battle, and, and it was just hard. The pressure was immense. The pressure was ridiculous. But something beautiful happens after that. now maturation comes into play. And so we know now that the best wine we get is when, when wine is really old. I understand. I don't drink much wine. But I understand that the older a wine is, the more expensive it is. And apparently it tastes better. And so we, we, look, at these, we look at these moments throughout scripture. And um, I know now that the master, Jesus, the master, he's not moved by the magnitude or the minitude. I just made that word up. <laughs> <laughs> new creation, new creation, make new words, make new English, new English. Yeah, make new words. The master is not moved by the minitude or the magnitude of our moments. He steps into our moments, gives it eternal meaning, and offers it to us as a meal. The decision to feast is ours. And the woman at the well had the same choice. Eh? She had the same choice. She could either have feasted on what the Lord had said or just ignore. And so now we're getting ready. You know, uh, my do-it-yourself cap, I'm going to not start getting doing because I want all of this. And just as we're getting ready to do that, we read in Isaiah 66, verse 8. It reminds us of this. It says, who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall a land be born in one day? Shall a nation be brought forth in one moment? Somebody say moment. For as soon as Zion was in labor, she brought forth her children. Friends, let the Lord do for you in a moment. What you cannot do for yourself in a lifetime. And so I I said to you, I'm going to go into this whole word thing. And so I wondered what the word of God said about maturity. That process, you know, when when things grow up, when things mature. We're still talking about time. Remember from before. We're going somewhere. Well, in in, in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 6, it says this about wisdom from the spirit. It says, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. Ephesians 4 verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Colossians 1.28, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Hebrews 5.14. But solid food is for the mature. There's that food theme again. So just as you were getting ready to drink milk, the Lord says, now I've got meat over here. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So that's one word down. That's the word mature. Now the next few words, I'm really just going going to read it from the word of God. I'm not going to try and embellish it or color it in. We're just going to read what the word says. And so the next word is this word abide. Now, we all know what it means. But again, you know, I, I put myself in the situation. So imagine this mother in the, somewhere in the Bible. And a son comes to her and says, Mother, I'm going yonder <laughs> to abide with Patrick. And play with stones in the field. <laughs> and, uh, and mother said, "Son, come hither. Wash those dishes, and then you can go and abide as much as what you want." <laughs> so, abide is not a word that we that we often used these days, but it does depict a place where we are in, in perfect peace at a place where we remain and we stay in the place where God wants us, Hey, eh? So, his soul shall abide in well-being. To abide is a wonderful thing. And his offspring shall inherit the land. Ooh, I like that part. Psalm 91 verse 1. My refuge and my fortress he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness and the righteousness abide in the fruitful field. Abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. There is no better place to be. Children of God and now little children abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us Of his spirit. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the father and the son. If only we abide. The Lord surrounds his people. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion which cannot be moved but abide forever. Whosoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. Amen. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or know him. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abide in God and God abides in him. So th- those words come straight out of the word of God. We, I cannot even add to it. There's no need to add anything to it. It it immediately creates a space and a place of rest, Sam. It creates a place where we can take comfort in what God, in the completed work of Christ. It feels to me as if over here we're talking rush, but over here we're talking rest, eh? So, so, So now we're looking at this word always. Always fits into this whole present, continuous tense that I spoke about before. It says this in Matthew 28:20, 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the end of the age, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. Giving thanks. You're getting it now, yeah. Every time I show that, you, you say that word. This is working great. And for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoice in the Lord. Amen. And again I say, Amen. rejoice. But, <laughs> 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 yeah, got you, I got you there. I got you. I got you there. But, but, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. People look at you and they're like, what is up with you? You are so, so different. Yeah. And you, you're ready to say, man, it's because I abide in him and him abide with me. And you can just go down a trail and, and have a, a, that, have that defense. You, you're coming up and saying, man, this is why I am the way that I am. The next word is the word continually or continue. Again, fits into the space over here. It says this. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast. There's no room for two-mindedness, hey? Stable and steadfast. Not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which Paul became a minister. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from who you have learned it. Now, a lot of this Jesus never verbatimly said to that lady, but by implication, all of this was true for her. That you know who you have heard this from. We're going to talk about endurance. I think it's the last one. If you bear with me, right? We're going to talk about that which endures. Yeah. And it says this in Luke 29:21:19. Uh, By your endurance, you will gain your lives. I just want to stop there for a little bit. By your endurance, it seems as if the Lord wants to say. Persevere a little bit, man. Yeah? Have some, have some perseverance. Have some endurance. Fight the good fight. Run the good race. Don't be, don't be so fickle. You know, don't, don't easily... Oh God, I just can't do this. I can't do this. No. It is by your endurance that you gain your life. So, uh, persevere. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance. Okay, You'll get it. Now listen to this part. This, this is for me the best part. In afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by the purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love. By truthful speech and the power of God. With the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. so You are totally armored. You are totally kitted out for this thing. You are totally kitted out for life. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as imposters and yet true. As unknown, yet well known, as dying and behold we live. Say we live. As punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. Somebody say everything. Everything. Oh, come on. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Being strengthened. I love the word of God, man. Come on. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Let that sink in for a little bit. So we perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nor anything taken away from it. You cannot be robbed. You cannot be robbed of the grace of God. You cannot. It it just cannot happen. God has done it. Say done it. Yes. So that people fear before him. Give thanks to the Lord of hosts for the Lord is good for his steadfast love endures forever. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Do not work for the food that perishes. There's that food thing again. Do not work for the food that perishes but for the food that endures. So the food that's over here. The food that endures, that you, you, man, even though it doesn't matter how consistent you are in this thing, it's still a rat race, eh? And um, you need to come over here to this place. I don't even know where I stopped now. Give thanks to the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. He said, For love endures. For but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set is seal. Wow. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. It even rhymes. It's fantastic. Now, the, the rest of that old scripture says that the, there's going to come a time when the true worshippers will worship the Lord in and so I wanted to know when 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 Jesus was saying this to that lady, not just what were the words but what was the implications of that, you know? When the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and it, what are we doing for time? Okay. Okay. So so they I, I again I I, I I went to the word of God about this. I didn't you know, want to do my own thing. But there was a time when, when I thought I was a true worshiper. Because I had the music part of worship. I kind of added it together, hey. And I thought that uh, that was my acceptable offering. How arrogant. How arrogant of me, hey. And I'm not condemning myself. I'm just thinking back. Boy, you're arrogant. To think that you're, you got that gift from the Father anyway. You you cannot impress him with that thing. It's, it, it, that is not all that he wants. There's, there's so much more. So I can't impress God with my music. Uh, but but I, I paraded as if I could. you know. But my heart, my heart was far from him. I remember, and, and again, I'm sharing part of my story. I remember just before we, we came to Dubai, <clears throat> before we came to Dubai, um, Lazal and I, we, we visited churches. We, we moved from Johannesburg to Pretoria. And we didn't have a church home in Pretoria. We were going to many churches because they would invite us to come and sing, or they would invite us to come and do a training or some some sort of activity. So we were pretty churched, but we didn't have a church home. Um, but one of the things that we did, and I'm, I'm I'm even ashamed, I'm even ashamed to tell you this, but I'm going to anyway. We are family. Okay. One of the things that we said, if we came into a church, you know and the music isn't good, we can't stay there. It didn't matter how awesome the word was, because we were after the music. We were after that expression. You know, and so we we would go to church, and and I tell you now, there were churches where the word was good. But the mu, oh my word. (laughs) Oh, it was hard. It was hard. And one church we left, and we did say, hey, the word was so good. Oh, but we can't go back there. That music... Long story short, um, we come to Dubai, or Lazal comes before me, my, my school messed up my ticket, so I came to Dubai after her, and, and she started going to, to, to a church, um, and, and we would have conversations over the phone, and I would ask her about the church, and she said to me, oh baby, the word, the word is awesome, man, the word is awesome at this church, and I know the conversation was going to go to a place where I'm going to ask about the music, I was going to ask about the music. And, the, and the, the word is awesome. And I'm, and, I, and I'm listening and I'm going and I'm saying, baby, and, uh, uh, and now's the music. And know, the music. Um. <laughs> and at the time, it happened to be, it happened to music that I wanted nothing to do. with was rock music. At that time, I wanted nothing to do. I said, Lizelle, you need to find another church. I can't come to that church. You know I can't come to that church. I cannot come to that church with that rock music, that loud rock music there. No. You need to, by the time I get a little bit, I didn't say it like that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Point is, I didn't want that. I didn't want that. I was comfortable in my style. I was comfortable in my frame. I was comfortable. I was comfortable. I didn't want that to be challenged. So I get to that very same church a couple of weeks from then. Walked in. Um. Friend of our uh, friend, of you, my, some of you might know him, Mike Altringham. He was he was preaching um, at, at at the time he was preaching, and I'm like I'm sitting there. I'm like, is this man only preaching to me? And that day he he took the the, the sermon, challenged me in a way where I felt the Lord say to me, Ricardo, if if you cannot function outside of your comfortable stylistic frame. There will be places over here where I cannot use you. I will not be able to use you because you are stuck over here. There's places over here that does not look as glamorous maybe as over there because over here I want to send you to places where there might not even be electricity. Never mind a place to plug in your keyboard or your guitar. So if you are only to able to function with over here, I, c- I can't use you. And um, right there in that moment, God settled something in my heart. Hey, eh? that moment settled something. Say, look, it's not about you, Ricardo. It's not about your musicality, it's not about your musical preference, it's not about your style, it's about the word that needs to come into fulfillment in your life and into the life of others. So, what kind of music does Ricardo make today? Rock music, yeah. So, the scary part is though, I, I got away with that for a long time, Hey, we. My musicality paraded itself as the anointing. Dangerous place to be. Anyway, let me leave that there for now. I, I digress. So true worshipers are in urgent pursuit of that which is true. Not perception. Not opinion. Not trends. Not logic. Not reason. But this. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm just going to read from the word of God. But he said to him, behold, there is a man of God in the city, and he is a man who is held in honor, all that he says comes true. I could just end here, hey. All that the Father says, all that the Lord says comes true. I tell you now, every promise that is over your life, it will come true. His word is true. There is only truth in him. There is only longevity in him. There is only power in him. There's only right. All those things will be true in your life. It will come to pass. It is true. So now let us go there. Perhaps he can tell us the way we should go. Oh yes, please Lord, tell me the way that I should go. If I must navigate here myself, this thing will be a mess. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true, says the word. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. The true light which gives light to everyone has was coming into this world. I am the true vine. I am the true, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, life church, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I have written briefly to you exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. We're still just on this word truth and all of a sudden all kind of other beautiful, wonderful things (laughs) comes into the equation. Stand firm in it, says the word. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also we said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper. So now we're going into true worshiper. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name, Selah. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshippers have once been cleansed, would no longer have consciousness of sins. I I don't think you heard that one. Having once been cleansed, would no longer have consciousness of sins. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. And here is that part now that Nebuchadnezzar said, he said this. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants. Who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and healed it and healed it up their bodies rather than serve and worship any God except their own God. And Jesus answered to him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. True worshiper, hey. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so, falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. This is, this is awesome. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. I am here in this place every Friday in reverence and awe. I'm just like, I can't even believe what is happening to me right here, right now. I cannot even believe the richness of the word of God and how it transforms my life. How it regenerates me. How it revitalizes me. How it changes my destiny and that of the people that are going to come after me. I'm like, this is the most amazing Encounter! This is the most amazing place to be. This is the type of worshiper that I want to be. I don't want to be any other kind of worshiper. I'm with the 24 elders when they fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before him saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Now, the the last part that we will look at is this thing about um, in in spirit, you know, well in spirit and in truth. And my understanding is that if we're going to come to God to worship Him, there's always Father, Son, and Spirit involved in the whole thing, and they reverence and honor each other as well. And and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence. Oh, thank you, Jesus. With knowledge and all craftsmanship. You gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manner from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. Somebody say water for their thirst. Everyone's still okay for us just reading the Word of God? Yeah? The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the... Almighty gives me life. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. There's your mandate right there. You will bring forth justice to the nations. By the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are open. I see this happening in our church, man. Come on. Life church, this is, this is where we live. This is where we live. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Oh, this is so true. The flesh, the flesh no help at all. The word is funny, man. I love it. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Set their minds on the things of the flesh. Set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those that... Anyway, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And we will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. We will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the sake of time, I'm I'm just going to choose a few that talks about truth. There's just... It's just so rich. There's just so much here. And I don't want to skip nothing. It's just, I, I, when I was preparing this, I'm like, really? Really? If th- this is what true worship looks like? I, th- I thought I knew what true worship looks like. But the more I spent time in the Word of God, I discovered so many things that I, ca- I can't wait. To tell the world. Because this word of the Lord. This is all that we need. It has everything. That we might ever need. Whether it is for your immediate hunger. For your immediate thirst. Or for your spiritual hunger. And your spiritual thirst. And your spiritual provision. And your spiritual sustenance. And you will know the truth. And the truth. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears. He will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. We know the future. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. I'm just going to. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So what am I learning from this portion of scripture? Or let me rather say, the way that I choose to interpret this is that the Father wants us to understand the eternal nature of our time as new creations. And that our lives not only ascribe worship unto Him, lest we think that it is by our works that we worship, but rather that our entire existence is worship unto Him. By His Son, through His Spirit. By His Son, through His Spirit. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when he comes, he will tell us all things. I who speak to you am he. Here." Just then, his disciples came back, and we went through that, that, that whole episode there. So up to this point, this lady's encounter, you know we're still talking about that lady, yeah? We, we're, still, we're still in the scene, you know, uh, the lady. Uh, it's just the, there was much more happening than what you see at first glance. Yeah. There, there's a, a richness there that is beyond what we just read from that portion of scripture. So up to this point, the lady's encounter with Jesus, she was living for an encounter. Uh, the time in the day when she gets to do her routines. Get the bucket, go to the well at a certain time, get the water and so on. Pretty much doing what was the norm, the culture and the tradition of the time. Meeting an immediate and felt need. Many people live their entire lives like this, all the way to their graves. And it's interesting that a well and a grave are both holes in the ground. One known for giving life, at least in the immediate, and the other where life has come to an end. But for the new creation, a grave is an empty thing. But for the new creation, a grave is an empty thing. If anything, we leap from it into life. We leap from it into life. Man, this is just, I I don't know, I don't know. So, and this is the thing that Jesus is talking about, a very different kind of living and a very different kind of lifestyle altogether. Yeah. My, now, my question to us today is, where in the scene are we seated? Oh. Sam said something earlier, he said, position is important, hey. Yeah, yeah. It brings the, uh, it matters, it brings the portion. So if if you had to put yourself in this scene. Where are you seated? Where are you situated? Where can you be located? What is your GPS? Uh-huh. We, we, we could live our lives here. We could live our lives from this point And look at the well. Look at sustenance. Or perceived sustenance. Look at, this is is where I'm going to get everything from. This is my job. It's my workplace. From here, my wife is going to be everything to me. My husband's going to be everything to me. Um, This friend of mine, man, he's just everything to me. And uh, we we could have that perception that what we perceive as the immediate sustenance is the only sustenance that exists. But if we dare to look beyond this encounter, we enter into a totally different space and a totally different place where the love of God just makes you crazy. Where, where things that are for other people almost supernatural um, is just natural. It's, just, it's normal. It's just, that's just how we live. It's just, it's normal. So there's there's the woman, there's the well, and then there's the wonder of an enduring encounter with Jesus. He speaks to us about things that are everlasting and eternal. His word says this, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We hear the same thing also in Isaiah 40 verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So just as you were getting ready for yet another short-lived failed venture in love or in business and you feel like dying. Isaiah 55 verse 3 hits you smack in the face. And it says, incline your ear and come to me. Come to me. year that your soul may live. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. People, Isaiah, just as you were shriveling away in your shame, disgraced, disregarded, verse 61, 7 says this. Instead of your shame. There shall be a double portion. Somebody say double portion. Yeah. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Just as you were settling for whatever portion you were going to get. It says this. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. Again, yeah. double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. And you know you were just going to settle for happiness. You know you were going to settle for happiness. No, matter. I'm okay. I'm okay. No, no, no. This is where happiness lives. Yeah. Happiness is perfect here. Yeah. Yeah. Happiness is fine here. Yeah. But over here, this is where joy lives. Yeah. This is where, jo- from Jesus' perspective, things look different. Yeah. Again, happiness lives here. But over here, joy, fulfillment, a friend of mine sent me, well, he, sent, he put a post up. He said, send your, send your favorite quote. And people were quoting, you know, sounding very intelligent, whatever, quoting crazy. And I put a simple thing, and this is something I've been saying for a long time. And I put my name at the bottom. I said this, pursue fulfillment. Happiness will gladly follow. Happiness will gladly follow. So we live in a world where contracts, agreements are often terminated prematurely. And sometimes it really tests our faith. But Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says this. The Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. He says, therefore I have continued my faithfulness to you. So our immediate well Can never be our eternal sustenance anyway. We can have faith in the faithfulness of the Father. Let us remain faithful as he is faithful. Daniel 4 verse 3. How great are his signs. How mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And his dominion endures from generation to generation. I'm closing. But can we hear just a bit more from the word about that which is eternal and not temporal. Is is that okay? Are you sure? Okay. So just as you were getting ready to settle for a grand earthly dwelling only, you you thought your villa is just a place, man. And it's probably really nice. But then God says in Deuteronomy 33 verse 27, he says, the eternal God is your dwelling place. Again, 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 the contrast of over here, man, over here. it's nothing wrong over here. it's not wrong. It's just it's living short of what is over there. Yeah, yeah, right. You see, you're functional here, you're not offending anyone. Yeah. You, you're not in sin, so it's, 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 you're getting a lot it's okay, it's okay. there's grace for that. Yeah. But that is not your dwelling. Yeah. Yeah. It can never be. It is not designed to be that. This is your dwelling place. Oh, this is where you reside. This is where you abide. This is where you live. This is where you are loved. This is where you are eternally redeemed. This is where your provision. I can just go on and on there. It goes on to say, um, and he thrust out the enemy before you and said, Destroy. Oh, he's taking your enemies down. Somebody shout. Somebody shout. He's taking your enemies down, man. He's taking. Said, and this is all at the same this all happens at the same time. This is this is the this is what happens when 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 Jesus steps into your moment. Things just things change drastically. I, I'm a witness. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up. Welling up to eternal life. What am I learning? I'm learning that, again, like I said, for the lady at the well, that encounter was not just for her. And so now when you were just getting ready to just take your own bucket and be off for yourself, for your own, for your family, the Lord is saying, no, this thing spills over. Now, spilling over sounds to me like abundance. So it sounds to me like this bucket cannot contain what happens over here. This bucket cannot contain, because this bucket is designed to be filled to the brim and no more. And there you go off on your merry, merry way. But on on this side, the Lord does not know how else to fill the bucket, but until it overflows, by the way. Okay, so where are we now? Yeah. So truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. We heard that before. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. I can just stop right here. I can just stop the sermon here. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment. He does not come. Into judgment. I, I, this is not Ricardo, this is the word of the Lord. He does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. Acts 13 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eter- you are even appointed to eternal life, man. Come on now. It's your appointment. Pastor said a, a couple of weeks ago, it is your birth, right? You are appointed to it so that as sin reigned in death, that is where sin reigned, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord is rich. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats, and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Somebody say eternal redemption. Okay. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you may know. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So let me recap. So. Not only have we now passed from death to life, we also have eternal redemption, eternal purpose, eternal life in an eternal kingdom. Man, that's some good news right there. That is, um, that is some awesome news. That is some awesome news. Two more two more scriptures, then, then, then I'll close it out. He has made everything beautiful. Yes, he has. Jesus, he has. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. So even before we could ever desire eternity, God himself placed eternity into our hearts, is the word. He placed it there. And that is now the desire of our hearts before we even desired it. And this is the comfort that comes and the beauty that comes with when the, when we allow the Lord we, when we feast on the meal that he is offering these type of things happen but growing the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity amen, amen. so i i 've learned a couple of things i 'm closing i 've learned a couple of things um, within this within this series this is this is what i've learned That we can perceive Friday service as the pinnacle. Or we can say no, every every day is a Friday experience, eh?" We could have a God encounter, which is beautiful. Or we can have a sustained encounter because we've learned how to fellowship with the Lord. We could come for the presence of God. But we can better come and give the presence of God. We could come to church for fire. Or we could come to church with fire. We can know Jesus from the book. Or we can love Jesus with our lives. Our experience with him can be ankle deep, pastor spoke about that, or we can be fully immersed in him. We can come for a quick fix, drive-through experience, or we can come for the long haul, fine dining style. We think that we are the only ones in pursuit of God, that could be our thinking. But we learn to love how he pursues us passionately. Amen. We could give the Lord visitation rights only. Or we can give him ha- habitation. Yeah. We can think that it's by our works. But we can know that the garden encounter is always and freely available by grace alone. We can decide to work hard or we can have the word work for us. We can labor or as a branch we hang out knowing that we are secured in the vine. We can have the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world, or we can have the wisdom of God. Amen. We can be destined for death, or we can live here where death is forever defeated. Come on. Come on. So, life church, what does a lifestyle or a lifetime of worship look like when we live? from an encounter rather than only for an encounter.